The following is a message by Professor Joel Kim from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, please visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. Would you turn with me to Psalm 121? Psalm 121. I'll be reading from the ESV this morning. Hear now the word of the Lord. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So far the reading of his word. This is known as a traveler's psalm. In fact, many can attest to its power and its impact upon those individuals who are going on a long journey. David Livingstone, a famous missionary and explorer to Africa, as he was preparing to leave, he read this psalm with his father and sister as he began his long journey to Africa in 1840. Like many Christians, I also have a story. I remember when I was about 16 years old, having visited Pickering, Ontario in Canada for about six weeks, attending a church there that was a recent CRC church plant. When it was time for me to leave, I remember pastor there, Pastor Jack DeVries, in whose house I lived for about six weeks, sat me down, and all he did was to read these words from Psalm 121 and prayed for me as I got on my bus to Detroit to fly back to my home in San Jose. I would imagine you have stories as well, stories that recall these powerful words working in your heart, and it's not surprising to us that all of us will be impacted by these words, words that are so comforting for those who are on a journey. After days or perhaps weeks of travel, the pilgrim looks with anxiety to the hills that surrounded him. His feet are sore, his muscles indeed ache. He is hopeful, yet weary as he mutters, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? The answer the pilgrim gives is fairly simple. In fact, these are words that we echo all the time when he says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. For the psalmist, the Lord is the source of salvation. In fact, the Lord is the only source of salvation. He is the only one mighty enough and faithful enough to meet our needs. To depend on any other gods is not only wicked and sinful, it's futile and useless. Thus, Derek Kidner, commenting on these passages, simply concludes with these words when he says, the thought of this verse leaps beyond the hills to the universe, beyond the universe to the maker. Here is living help, primary, personal, wise, and immeasurable. Perhaps there are many of us this morning who can identify with this pilgrim. 
tired from life's journey, filled with anxiety and doubts from uncertainties of life, overwhelmed by our sense of inadequacy, we too might cry out along with the pilgrim, where does my help come from? We need to hear and echo the words of the psalmist and his confession when he says, my help, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. These are comforting words. These are wonderful words for us to repeat. But the question is one of confidence and one of personal nature of these confessions. This fact may be true and that our salvation does indeed come from the Lord, but how can we be certain? How can we be certain that this promises to us? How can we be certain that indeed God, who has been faithful, will continue to be faithful to us? To reassure us, the psalmist repeats a word variously translated in our English text as keeps, watches over, preserve. While the English word continues to change and the translations may choose different words, the word in Hebrew, shamar, is the same each and every single time, six times that the psalmist uses this word. By its repetition, the psalmist calms our fears by reminding us of who the Lord is. For the pilgrim, as he understands the Lord, the Lord is the one who cares. The Lord is the one who cares. Verses 3 and 4 remind us, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I must confess, perhaps it's my CRC upbringing, but I actually prefer the NIV and the rendering given to us in the NIV when it says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. For this is an image of God as a vigilant watchman, or perhaps a neurotic parent. I still remember the first time Sharon and I brought our daughter Anna home. With the second child, Simeon, we didn't care as much. But with the first child, Anna, as inexperienced parents, I can vividly remember the number of times we stayed up at night wondering whether she was doing okay, oftentimes going into her room to check, and often placing our fingers under her nostrils just to make sure that she is breathing. If you take away the anxiety and the neurosis, that's the image of our God, our loving Father who sees us, watches over us, is constantly vigilant for us. This is a fact of our God that we ought not to forget. In fact, repeating it should not be too much for us, as the psalmist declares, for the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved, shamar forever, Psalms 37 declares. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over them, Psalm 145. You may recall the words from Matthew when the the account is given to us of how careful our Lord is when it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of our Father. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Here, our Lord cares. He cares. But the confidence comes not only because the Lord cares, but also because the Lord is careful. 
Psalm 121, 5 through 6 says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Do you recognize the comprehensive nature of his care? He is careful to meet all needs. Imagine yourself a pilgrim. What might be your greatest fear? Safety, perhaps. Here is the psalmist explaining that even the details of the pilgrim's travel, even where his foot may fall, is carefully provided and cared for by the Lord. When the psalmist says that neither the sun nor the moon will harm them, he is arguing that nothing, nothing in creation can stand in their way. No adversity can overcome those protected and watched by the Lord. I can't help but to recall the words of Paul, that here, having argued one of the most rich theological arguments given in chapters 1 through 8, he says, what then shall we say regarding these? And he concludes with these words when he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth. And just in case somebody might be able to say, you've forgotten something, he says in this bucket phrase, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is the God who cares, and he is also careful, comprehensive, in his care for us. But it's not only that he cares, it's not only that he is careful, the psalmist reminds us that the Lord is constant. It says in verses 7 through 8, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He who by character does not change does not forget nor forsake us. Although we may often suffer from spiritual amnesia, forgetting what God has done for us in our own lives, even days prior to this day, here God's promise is sure because he never forgets. He never forsakes. He is constantly faithful. Not only our past days, not only our present moment, but days to come, with all the uncertainties and many of the obstacles that we know for sure will be there, here his promise to us is that not only he cares, not only that he will be careful, that he will be constant. He's a faithful God whose grip of you will never change and never let go. So here's an interesting teaching of the psalmist, reminding us as an individual on a journey that the reason for our confidence that our, our help comes from the Lord is because of the very character of God. Our God is the one who cares and is careful and constant. What's interesting for us as New Testament Christians is that the scripture reminds us that we too are on a journey. We are aliens, pilgrims, in fact sojourners who are on a journey home. We are homesick travelers looking for a home, home not built by human hands, and we will be restless until we reach home and see our Father in heaven face to face. To us who are on this journey as pilgrims, this promise to the psalmist 
becomes our promise as well. Out of the number of times that the term shamar, which is translated in the Septuagint, into the Greek word philoso is used in the New Testament, more often than not, it's used to indicate keeping of the law, or a shepherd keeping his sheep and protecting them, or perhaps a prisoner being kept and watched over by a a, a soldier or someone who is a prison keeper. But in this case, in the New Testament, only very few occasions, three times that I can find, where the subject is God. In fact, God in Christ who keeps us. God in Christ who carefully and unceasingly cares for his people. And each time it is used, it's a moment of crisis. Here, first in Jude 1, 24 through 25, we are called to persevere in the midst of judgment and false teaching during the last times, it says. And that famous benediction of Jude begins this way when he says, Now to him who is able to keep you, watch you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. To those Christians in Thessalonica who were suffering because they were being persecuted and they were in the midst of persecution and false teaching, here Paul writes to them, reminding them of their need to stand firm in the midst of this persecution in the day of the Lord, day of the Lord by saying, but the Lord is faithful, 2 Thessalonians 3.3. He will establish you and guard you, watch over you against the evil one. In 2 Timothy 1.12, where Paul is getting ready to die, he knows that he's about to meet his maker, and he knows that the time is short. But in writing to his protege about how he can better minister to the people in Ephesus, he writes to encouraging Timothy to be faithful, written by someone who has been faithful as he readies to meet his maker when he says, Therefore, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which by now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. Hear these words carefully when Paul says, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard, to watch over, to preserve until that day what has been entrusted to me. My brothers and sisters, we too are people called by the Lord to become teachers and preachers. And we, like Paul, are on a journey home. And oftentimes, the obstacles on, and hills are many that are before us. And we too look upon a hill. But this time, on this side of cross, this time the hill is where the Christ our Lord has died. 
and looking upon that hill, we confess along with the psalmist, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. For God in Christ, who knows us and saved us by his blood, is God who cares, who is careful, and who is constant. Perhaps I can do no better than to repeat the words of John Calvin, who in his commentary on the Psalms on this particular passage says this, being then entangled in so many unholy misgivings and so much inclined to distrust, we are taught from the passage that if a sentence couched in a few words does not suffice us, we should gather together whatever may be found throughout the whole scriptures concerning the providence of God until this doctrine that God always keeps watch over us is deeply rooted in our hearts. Take heart. Have confidence. Stand firm. Be steadfast. For this truth is something that we cherish in our heart, that God always, forevermore, keeps us and watches over us. Let's pray. Who are we, O Lord, that you are mindful of us? What have we done for you, O Lord, that you condescend to us, sending your son Jesus Christ to die for us on our behalf, so that all these brothers and sisters and I, who deserve eternal condemnation, may have confidence before you, clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for the holy calling that you have given to us and the wonderful burden of loving and serving your church. We ask that you would continue to guide us, O Lord, that oftentimes as we struggle to realize our place in this world, uh, oftentimes we struggle with things that are mundane, overwhelming us with sense of despair and anxiety. Won't you remind us by your spirit that you are God who cares? that you are God who is careful, that you are God who is constant, ever faithful to us despite the fact that we're undeserving, that we can say and confess with confidence our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you for this time. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2009, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.